Day three, making decisions. The beings or the background. Abram, whose name changes to Abraham, was married to Sarai, who becomes Sarah. For simplicity of keeping up with this story, I'm just going to refer to them as Abraham and Sarah the whole time, but just know that their name changes in the midst of their story, which shares in its own a beautiful lesson, but for another time. In their old age, Abraham expresses confusion to God because God had told him that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. Abraham reminds God that he is very old and was never able to have children, so someone else will be his heir, inheriting whatever he has. God says, nope, even in your old age, you are going to have children. Sarah is amazed at this, but after a while, and still not becoming pregnant, she decides to give her slave, Hagar, over to her husband, Abraham, to have a child with. Ensuring family lines in a day with no fertility treatments available, this was actually a fairly common practice. So anyway, Hagar becomes pregnant with Abraham's son, and they name him Ishmael. But tension builds between Hagar and Sarah. Again, God speaks to Abraham through an angel who tells Abraham that Sarah will still bear him a child, and overhearing, Sarah laughs. Because she laughs, the angel says, you should name your son Isaac. It means laughter. The verse, Genesis 17, verses 19 through 21. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I've heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. And then we hop over to Genesis 21, verses 1 through 3, and it says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. This Dean, what does this mean to me and how can I apply it to my life today? Reading through this full story of Abraham and Sarah, you can't help but think, come on, girlfriend, God specifically told you he was going to give you a baby. Why in the world did you act so impulsively and give your husband another woman to have a baby with? Or maybe that's just me. But I, or we, have to remember, we read the story knowing the ending. We know that God does come through and bless Sarah with a baby boy as he promised her. So it's easy to wonder how she couldn't just be faithful, be patient. Wouldn't it be nice to read our full stories laid out as we can so easily read Sarah's story. We'd be able to stop worrying about all the little details because we would know how it all works out in the end. And while we of course can't do that, we can seek advice from the one who does in fact see our entire story laid out. I can hear you. Yep. Here she goes, God's will. This is where she's going to just tell us to trust God's will, to do whatever we have to do to align ourselves to God's will or something equally annoying. And while I am going to talk a bit about God's will, it's not quite what you think. 
You may have heard Christians talking about how they did things because they just knew it was God's will. And you start to wonder what special version of the Bible these people have that tells them exactly what they should do. I mean, my Bible just has a bunch of these and nows and commands about things that don't really apply to me living thousands of years later. But the idea of God's will, y'all, it's almost become cliche in our culture today. But the truth is, he does have a will for you. He does have plans for you. He does know which decisions would be the easier ones and which would be the harder ones. But this mystery of his will is much, much simpler than you might think. For the times in life where you need to make a decision, you should pray and ask him to reveal his will. You should talk with those people you know and trust to see if they can shed any light on your situation and so that they can pray for you as you make a decision. You can read his word or do other things like go to church, listen to podcasts, read devotionals, all of these things to try to hear or feel or sense what it is he's calling you to do. But y'all, then that's it. As frustrating as this answer is, we simply have to do the best with what we've got and then turn the rest over to him to work out. It is my full belief that if you earnestly seek his will, he'll help you to see what the best option is. But also, just as he does for Ishmael and Hagar, the poor ones to suffer the consequences of Sarah's hasty decision, God will provide and take care of for you, even if you make the wrong decision. Would life have been easier or better for Sarah if she hadn't acted so hastily? Maybe, probably. But even though her faith in God was flawed, he still provides. He still ensures that Isaac is born and sets the stage for the rest of history. Friends, sometimes we stress over the situations we don't have control over. Sometimes we envision catastrophe happening as though choosing the wrong door leads straight to certain sudden death. We become frozen in fear of acting and making the wrong decision. We convince ourselves if we pick the wrong option, our lives are just over. But God's not like that. God loves you. He wants the best for you. So rest assured that if you seek his will, he's going to give it. And if you make a mistake and make a wrong turn somewhere, he can work good into that too. He still gets you exactly where you need to be.